0: Heart Ministry and Fiat Ministry Network present the Discover Your Mission series.
1: Now, I had been brought up without any prayer, without Bible, without church, nothing of that kind. And so, when my father died, I became suicidally depressed. I, I had no desire to live, and yet, by the grace of God, uh, whenever I got to the point of actually taking my life. I always had this interior conviction that if I took my life, I would simply find it again on the other side, and it would be
0: permanent misery.
1: But it wasn't until I became a wife and a mother, and I began to try and pass my faith on to my children, that I realized that everything I knew about Jesus was memorized doctrine.
2: I was a good man, I was a good father, I was instilling the sacraments into my family. But, uh, I was definitely not intentional, I was stuck rope in my family.
3: But what kind of strength did he have? Jackie did not just have a strength of body or baseball skill. He had a strength inside of his spirit, a courageous, meekness that empowered him to play the game
0: and i tell him what is going on with me and he's like oh
3: okay and i'm like no 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 i think this is like some sort of miracle dude and he's like okay you know of course but i'll believe it when i see it honey you've been trying to quit and you've been saying this and saying that and i'm
0: you know he his big line to me is you shouldn't say things (laughs) because i never follow through on them and so this was week after week month after month he is looking at me like this is a miracle there is no way that you on your own could have done this
3: as we are called to sing all of us are called to sing all of us are called to express ourselves and join our voice into the unity of the church Uh, often with my choirs I, I ask them to listen to each other, to listen to the, the sound that they make together as one. That's what we're aiming for. Through the harmony or unison, we're aiming for a one sound. You need to decide,
2: what are you gonna participate in? Are you gonna participate in the historic Christian idea of the altar of sacrifice which is in the Eucharist or not?
1: Are you?
3: And good evening everybody and welcome to the Sewing Hope podcast. I am Bill Snyder. It's great to be with you. Thank you so much for joining us here on this uh, winter evening and uh, couldn't be more excited as always. I'm joined by my friend uh, Ann DeSantis and Anne is here. How are you uh, this evening Ann? It is uh, a nice, nice uh, evening here in, Phila- in, in, in Wisconsin. How is it in Philadelphia?
1: Well, it's it's nice here too. <laughs> Maybe I don't sound as convinced. I mean we just had a snowstorm the other day, so uh, we're we're getting over it. We have about six inches or so of snow on the ground. But oh, wow. um but yeah, the, the roads are clear and that that makes it nice. <laughs> you,
3: yes, it does. Especially <laughs> on these coasts. Nice. Well, we have wonderful guests tonight. Why don't you just tell us a little bit about uh, about them?
1: Yes, I was very excited for this show. We have Carlos. Salorzano. He's a BA and MA in Religious Studies, certified with theology of the Body Institute and he is also a published author and Angelica della Lana MSN, APRN FNPC. Now we're going to learn what all those um, titles mean. <laughs> awesome. She is a family nurse practitioner and a catechist, but most importantly, they are with an organization called Humana Corpus Dignitate. And you can learn about them on their website at hcdtalks.com and it says uh, on their email, it says, "Do you not know that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit within you, whom you have from God and that you are not your own?" First Corinthians 6:19. I had to read that because I think that has all to do with what you're doing. So welcome Carlos and Angelica.
0: Thank you. Um, it's great to be here and I'm really, we're really excited. We've been looking forward to this for a few weeks now, so. Yeah,
3: it's great to have you.
1: (laughs) It really is. We're, we're amazed because I'll be honest, we've had all kinds of guests on this show, but for what you're doing, I think this might be the first time. So. I'm I'm extremely excited about that um, and, and about your wonderful work with hcdtalks.com. Now, Angelica, you're coming to us from California, the Los Angeles area. Yes. And Carlos is coming to us from Arizona. We're all in different spots. I'm in Philadelphia <laughs> and Bill's in Wisconsin. So really representing a lot of different places here on this podcast tonight. East to West. That's yes. right. East to West to Midwest. So why don't we start with... Um, You, Angelica, tell us about yourself and how did you get involved in HCD Talks?
0: Well, it it was actually a really collaborative thing. So I've been a nurse for 11 years now. Um, I've worked anywhere from ICU to aesthetics. So I've done the whole cosmetic portion side of it too. And I've seen a lot of body dysmorphia you know, women getting addicted to artificially altering their, their looks and to try to make themselves look and feel good. Um, you know, and so it, it Carlos, um, like you mentioned, is actually certified with theology of the body. And a lot of what he would do is he would try to pull in the physiolog the physiological part into his teaching Um, So he would kind of bounce things off of me, we'd been friends for a very long time. Um, So he would bounce things off of me. And then I whenever I would teach catechism, I would ask him questions theologically, since he's been teaching for quite some time now, um, and has an extensive theological background. So um, and then one day we were talking and he w- he kind of mentioned a couple of times probably trying to work with a medical professional to try to get this thing going. And we finally did. And the thing, the thing that hit both of us is the fact that this has actually been on my heart for a long time to do more, not just with my profession and my faith separately, but I wanted to try to find some way to put it together. Um, And so the fact that he he opened my eyes to bringing in the science and the and the medicine and all of that data into the theological portion and really synthesized the information and showing how um, how how our bodies were created to do these things that, that is written in scripture was uh, fascinating to me. And so we did, we started talking about that and started putting it all together. So. Awesome. Yeah.
1: I I will say awesome as well.
0: And I remember a
1: couple months back, Carlos had gotten in touch with me and we talked and and you and I also talked Angelica and that was wonderful. Uh, And I learned so much when I talked to him and, and, and you about, what you're doing with HCD Talk. So Carlos, please tell us about yourself and how you began uh, this journey.
2: Um, it's actually really funny because um, I grew up in a... My parents are devout Catholics. And um, so, you know, that was part of our family heritage. And I didn't go to Catholic school till high school. And I, I kind of actually went against my will. It's a long story. But the one thing that I, I remembered was... Um, I was really intrigued by their theology classes. And this is actually really bizarre because at the time I, my goal in life was to actually be a professional musician. And I, I actually studied music in college for several years. And, um, it wasn't until my last year. Um, when I, I just went through this, uh, I was going through kind of a, Faith journey at the same time in college because I, I always kind of looked for something more substantial, so the whole college life didn't appeal to me anyway. And I was, you know, I had to work and stuff too, so it wasn't like I was really doing anything crazy. And even when I was already performing in the nightclubs and all, like I really wanted to do something musically, so it was like I wanted substance. And so I, I it was funny because in my freshman year of college, I kept meeting a lot of um, evangelical Christians, and they kept challenging my faith, and I knew. I mean, I knew the truths of Catholicism, but I, I just didn't know how to deliver it. So I, I had talked with my dad, and we went and got some some books at some of the Catholic bookstores, and I just started eating them up. Really, I loved it. And so, long story short, I ended up changing my major my senior year. So I had to I had to do all the classes in a year because that's all the money I had left. So I just decided right then and there I I want to be a teacher, and, and which is really crazy at the time because I, I never would have thought that. So I started teaching in, in high school and, um, you know, I did, I've done that for now, this is my 24th year. And a while ago I did do six years at the in a college doing more like the ethics and philosophy, but it was really funny in a sense because um, when, you know, a lot of theology teachers in, in all the Catholic high schools around the country, they kind of have their opinions about the bishop's curriculum. And, you know, I won't get into that, but, in the previous curriculum, I was always teaching the scripture classes, because my my studies were in the Bible, and, you know, there's that saying about, if you want to hear God laugh, make plans, so I, you know, I went to grad school, I was doing church history, I had these ambitions to do, like, to get into global Christianity, and then my job just stuck me in the morality classes, and I'm like, oh, I don't want to teach morality, you got to cover all the hard topics, and of course, (laughs) and I didn't have the extensive background at the time, and so, I kept doing it and I, I realized I was stuck with it. And then what ended up happening was um, a previous employer of mine, um, somehow one of my colleagues um, introduced me to theology of the body. And I at first read a small, the Christopher West's uh, small beginner's book was completely floored by it. Um, and then Uh, next thing I know, I'm being asked if I want to take courses at the Institute, which is in Philadelphia. So I've been out there. I had to go out there eight times and do my courses. And I'll just say it was, um, it was painfully beautiful. Uh, It it was so life affirming. And um, as soon as I started learning the material, I I really, it changed how I saw myself, it changed how I saw others. And I just wanted to go home and start um, sharing it with other people. So when I started to share it with Angelica, because like somehow that kind of got into our conversations too, she was intrigued by it. And then um, next thing I know, we're talking about how, you know, what are some ways we can share things relating to the dignity of the human person? And then that's what kind of was the root of our ministry. Mm.
1: Yeah. Wow. That's a wonderful start. And, um, interesting that you were out here in Philadelphia too. And that was kind of the beginning of all of this with hcdtalks.com. So how long have you been in existence and tell us that once you made that decision to go in this direction, how has it been with this ministry and what kinds of things are you doing right now?
0: Um, so the top, we actually started to develop a plan to start the ministry, but at the time I was, um, finishing grad school. So we waited um and we officially became our ministry last year actually. So this is only a little over a year ago that we officially launched. Um and we are we are actually now a nonprofit organization as well. So
1: Oh, that's um, amazing.
0: Yeah, so we offic- we made it all official. Um right now uh we're doing tonight actually we're doing a catechetical formation a lot of it has to do with talking to parents and talking to teenagers we've done quite a few adolescent talks um, on uh some of the harder subjects actually um theology of the body um talks about the human body and how you know we should see ourselves and each other as a gift um but you know, with the way society has inundated us with um, this hypersexualized culture, unfortunately, a lot of the choices that we make are based on our desires rather than, um, you know, rather than our moral choices um, and our ethical choices. So it's kind of bringing to light, not necessarily that this is wrong and you shouldn't do this, but the why. This is these are the possible consequences of our actions. You know, we all have free will, and we can all choose to do what we all have a choice. Adam and Eve had a choice; um, they were given that choice. But just because you have the choice, at, do you make that? Do you do you choose to do it? If you do, do you know what can happen? And so, um, you know, and seeing ourselves and trying to see ourselves in a different light before we make the choice, right? Because a lot of the times when we when we do certain actions, it's because of, um, you know, previous experiences, negative experiences, we want to feel belonging, we want to feel like we belong somewhere, we want to feel loved. And we don't know exactly how to achieve that, um, that sense of belonging and love. And so we turn to the easiest means to do so. And those means are not necessarily the right thing for us to do. So, um, you know, we, we pick, the quick and easy route and not knowing that in the long run, how it, how detrimental it can be to our mental health, our emotional health, our future relationships, the way we see our families, the way we see our children. You know, as teenagers, we don't think about that at all <laughs> for some of us. And so it it, it um, we found it very necessary, especially in today's information age where so much misinformation can be can be shared in such a in a few seconds um and it's so everything is at the hands of our of our teenagers and our children um before we can even filter anything that that they see or or learn they're already it's already in their hands and in 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 their minds and in their sights so that's why we felt we really felt compelled that we need to do this
3: that's awesome i mean i just um uh my, my my mind is turning with so many different possibilities for for, for you guys because I think uh, it is so needed uh, in our in our society today. What you guys are doing and uh, you know it really is uh, beautiful and groundbreaking and it's a great topic to talk about during Advent. It's a great topic to talk about uh, any time of the year, but specifically specifically in Advent because you know we're talking about the incarnation. We're talking about God coming to Earth and 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 having and, and taking on our Human likeness and flesh. And, and because of that, he makes, uh, he, he ratifies, right, the fact that the human body is worth something. Uh, and I remember uh, a, a Marian theologian um, in, from the Seattle area, uh, Mark Shea, one time saying to us, just kind of foreshadowing what you're talking about a little bit, um, or, re- or recapitulating it, just that the, um, the, the proclamation of the dogma of the uh, an, of the assumption of the Blessed Virgin Mary uh, speaks that the human body has worth. That is actually part of the reason why we um, we uh, believe that our human body has a worth at all stages. And with Christ coming down uh, during the incarnation and Mary's body uh, assumed into heaven, here we have. Uh, Proof, right? We don't need any more proof from our church that the human body has dignity, uh, and that's and that's really what your name means, right? The the, the human body has dignity, right? Isn't that humano corpus dignitate?
0: Correct. That is well, exactly what it was um, based out of.
2: Awesome. So it's interesting to kind of um, add to what you said um, when I had said earlier that my studies at the institute were life affirming. You know, we all have our baggage. And, you know, one of the things I've always done when I teach is I, I've never been afraid to tell my students my own insecurities or fears and because I know they're feeling it, too. But there were a couple of things that I'll never forget that Christopher West said to us was one, because, you know, even though the church has made its proclamations against heresies even centuries ago, you'll still hear a lot of Christians, even Catholics say this, too, about how, well, when we die, we're free from this prison. Like they want to see the body as a prison. And he said, no, you you don't have a body you are a body it's part of who you are it's part of your being but i would say the most intriguing thing he said because you had talked a a second ago about jesus taking on our humanity he said if the body is bad then the incarnation is blasphemy yeah so that right there i mean you want to talk about maybe the most if you really understand what that means that that would be maybe the greatest cure to suicide you know, people who've lost hope that think that they shouldn't be alive, if they really understood what that meant. Because I was able to really understand that. um, I mean, while we're obviously communal beings, and we need our families and our friends and our communities, and you know, even our parish life, um, our value as a person does not come from the approval of other human beings. Amen. It comes from the fact that God loves us for who we are and made us that way.
1: I'm so glad you said that. People really need to hear it because uh, let's face it, this past year has been hard for a lot of families, a lot of individuals. And hearing that from you, that their value does not come from other people when people are like losing their jobs and sick and and losing uh, other things in their lives. uh, It's it's just a a blessing to hear that from you. It's so true. I thought I could read off some of the topics that you guys have on your website some of them are of general faith and an intro to theology of the body abortion adolescent health and well-being bullying children's health and well-being confirmation sacrament family marriage and relationships maternal health and well-being including postpartum depression men's health and well-being mental health and well-being sexual health and women's health and well-being i just wanted to read those off because i think it's great for people to know and understand the services that you provide through education
0: tell us more you know um it's interesting too because you just we um first of all kind of going back to what you said with the pandemic is that we have the ability to overcome so we actually our latest um, youtube video Um, We were talking about overcoming adversity and, um, you know, the fact that God and God gave us the tools to be able to survive both physically, emotionally. We have the means to do so. Um, As far as the topics, a lot of it, I mean, if you hear the um, as you're listing it, well-being is key in there, I -hmm. think, Um, because a lot of times you know, people, the World Health Organization actually revised their definition of health to not only be the physiological, but also the emotional, the spiritual, the social. you know, we are, everything is interconnected. Um, Our physical health is connected to our mental and emotional health and vice versa, you know? And so we feel like it is very important that we all take a look at ourselves and how we're living our lives, not just, okay, yeah, you're going to go on a special diet and, you know, lose the weight, but what are you putting in your body? Okay, so what are you doing to your body? Just because you're eating healthy, are you making other healthier choices? You're eating healthy during the week, but you're going to go out partying and put all this poison in your body on the weekend. You know, um, so we have to live our lives. But there's different aspects. And I think there's different things that speak to other people. Um, You know, there are certain resources that we need and it, so that's why all the all the health topics are very specific to gender to maternal maternal is a whole other body in itself um because that deals with not just what happens to us physically as women um you know i have two children i've seen my body change not just see it but feel it i you know mentally, emotionally, it, it changes you as a person, it changes you as a woman. Um, and so some people have trouble coping with that fact, or um, they have trouble seeing, um, you know, you especially when you start looking at your pictures from like, before you had kids, and you're like, I don't look like that anymore. Um, you know, you, it, you you see the differences. And so sometimes those differences are hard to accept. Um, so we think it's very important to look at both the physical and the mental health and all of that ties into the spiritual and seeing everything through, um, through our creator's eyes. So, thank you. You said that so well.
1: And I just want to invite people again to go to that website. It's a really amazing website at hcdtalks.com. I see you do have a blog too. I'll just read some of the titles there. Uh, the one that you have here, Speak, Love, and Pray, The Good, the Bad, and the Valuable, Day in the Life of a Nurse, Lessons from Doubting Thomas, Reaching for Christ. I mean, I'm just l- listing off some of the things on your, on your blog there, but you do have a very nice website, and um, it's worth it for people to check it out and learn more about what you're doing. So if somebody's listening, whether they're an individual, maybe they're a pastor, uh, whoever it is. What can your organization, your nonprofit, for somebody who's Catholic and wants to evangelize, uh, how would that work? So they call you or they contact you. They want you to do something for their parishioners. uh, What would be the next steps?
2: Um, Well, I have kind of a half an answer. That's actually a full answer. Um, Yeah. So (laughs) it's actually funny. So at the time that I would say the seed was dropped in the ground, I had been doing a theology, of the body talks, a lot of stuff here in town for a while, and just kind of sporadically. And at the time, I had uh, applied to be on the on the list of the Catholic Speakers Organization, and it takes a while to get to get through if you're going to be picked. Well, I was finally, and this was before we started our ministry. It was probably about a year before we started it, and um, so, well, so last spring I was picked to do that. I was added to the roster, so um, it was interesting because when I was given the invitation, I we had already started our ministry, we had the website, we had the uh, we had the nonprofit over it. I think at that point too, so I kind of was I had my fingers crossed. I said, "Well, I don't want to stop doing this," you know, um, et cetera, et cetera. So, long story short, they said, "Well, you're part of that, so um, you know um, you can." You know, if, if it's if we're gonna bring in your ministry, you know, along with Angelica, um, we'll just negotiate for that. So they can contact Catholic Speakers Organization or if they just even contact us through email, hcdtalks at gmail.com, we'll you know, certainly reply, but then we'll refer them to a representative at Catholic Speakers Organization. But Angelica's actually already going through the reviewing process. So it's just mm-hmm. but I mean we we've done we've we have experience in person, we have experience uh through Zoom. We, we've, uh, you know, as far as the group size, I mean, we've done small groups, we've done large groups. I mean, it's, it's, you know, we, we both teach. I mean, she does her college class with nurses. So we're, you know, we've been on the radio before, we, you know, et cetera. So it's like, whatever they wanna do, we're ready to go.
0: Yeah, um, just kind of piggybacking. So if you want Carlos to be part of the talk, it has to be through the Catholic Speakers Organization. Um, even if you contact us directly, um, he, he will be, um, we will have to refer you how, um, if it's both of us or just him, but if you want it specifically medical and just want me to go on at the moment, you do not have to contact Catholic speakers. So um, emailing us at hcdtalks at is the quickest way to get the conversation started. And then um, after that, we'll have to, we'll just kind of direct you to um, to where you need to go from there
1: yeah that sounds good now the, you mentioned this the catholic speakers organization uh where is that located and what do you know their website just or do we need to know that for people listening um
2: i don't know actually i'm sorry uh, but i okay. mean, if you go if you google the just catholic speakers organization i mean i i don't know Okay. Where they're located, he doesn't but-
0: know the address off the top of his head. But- I don't oh, it's know. It's okay. Addresses. It's okay. No, 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 no worries. No worries. I actually oh, questioned my own address you- yesterday. <laughs> okay. So it's catholicspeakers.com. Okay. And- you go on there, it, it actually, have they have like an extensive list of speakers and musicians and things like that. So if you go under the speakers, you can either do a search or you could do it by specialty. Um, to get to Carlos, you can see him under the Theology of the Body Speakers. Um, and he's listed on there. Uh, his profile is actually... Um, his profile is actually linked to our website as well, so you can book him through that. Cool. Um, yeah, great to
1: know. Great to know. Thank you. So, uh, so take us on the journey. So, uh, you started HCDTalks.com, and I love to know now we had a pandemic years, right? So it wasn't exactly a normal year, um, <laughs> <laughs> no but so, what's been going on with your organization over the last uh, year
0: or so? We we will be honest, Anne and Bill. And we were talking to Bill about this. So literally, the week that the pandemic hit and they closed California, we were slated for three talks. We were supposed to do a retreat. We were supposed to do a. I was supposed. We were supposed to do a puberty talk, actually. Um, at an elementary school to the middle school students. And then we were supposed to talk to the confirmation students at my local parish. The pandemic hit that week. (laughs) (laughs) So we kind of went on a downward spiral for a couple of months. You know, the the pandemic, I think, hit every single one of us emotionally um, and spiritually, especially not being able to go into church. Um, But we finally got back on our feet, back on the horse. And so we've been doing a lot more. Um, Carlos is actually going to be uh, finishing an incarnation blog um, in the next couple of weeks. And by January 1st, I have a blog coming out on um, the relationship between Mary and her son, Jesus, um, and kind of looking at a different view of that relationship from um A maternal side and actually seeing kind of, um, picking from scripture, um, and seeing Mary through Jesus's eyes as his mother. So that, um, that blog is going to come out in January. Um, we also have a few videos out. Um, we started our learning the faith series where, uh, Carlos has one about confirmation. And then the latest one was, um, the the strength in our suffering video that we just did um, we also have a few interviews there already um, where we spoke into um, we spoke to somebody who is she's not Catholic she's a Christian but her spiritual journey with um, she was a military veteran um, who has PTSD and her her spiritual journey in finding God um, in that capacity. Um, and then we also have another, uh, a few videos. It was a long interview with this wonderful, amazing woman who, um, Maria Spears, she is a life coach, um, through the women's Institute. And so we actually spoke to her, um, over like a two and a half hour period over being a woman and, um, and empowering yourself, um, spiritually in that sense. And then, um, because of the pandemic, I also interviewed an old coworker who is also a catechist at my church who um, had COVID and his journey with that. Um, luckily, he was one of the milder cases, but we talked about not just his journey but what he's seeing in the hospital as a nurse. And this is in the beginning, so um, you know, right now, I am honestly seeing um, so many of my old coworkers at the hospitals talk about how stressed out they are with the current situation, Mm. how there's really, I mean, they're not, the news is not lying when they say there's a lack of beds Mm. um, there and how crowded the hospitals are, how crowded the ERs are. And they're, they're all feeling the strain right now as medical providers. So, um, you know, so those are on there as well. So, you know, we, we tried to expand beyond just speaking in person and actually speaking one-on-one to people, writing our blogs. Um, And we re-edited three, we are in the process of re-editing the third one. Um, So Carlos actually has a book called I Am His Mother, where he takes a journey, a look at Jesus's life journey through Mary's eyes. And it's, Mary, quote unquote, narrating the book, and it was very beautifully written. I've cried several times reading it um, because you really get into the maternal emotions of uh, of any woman who would see their child go through what Jesus went through, um, and then he has a what, what did you call it a thriller.
2: <laughs> um, well, I want to kind of just back up a little bit because she was asking what we've done because. Um, I was with a publishing company for about ten years. It's a small company in the Midwest, and um, they were having some financial issues late last year. And then COVID hit, and it just it killed them. So they were they told the authors we don't we're not publishing any books for about six months, and um, we don't have any money to, to market anything. Like they were, they were broke. So the the uh, owner she gave us the option to walk if we wanted to so right away i called angelica i'm like well with today's technology amazon i go do we really need a publisher i mean i said why can't we just re-release the books under our ministry because um the the mary book was was um the most notable book of mine and so that was easy but the other stories um i've written two of them so far it's a trilogy i guess Someone told me they would call it a supernatural thriller series. Mm. And what it is, is um, they, the first one, the, the pitch would be what would happen if the crucifixion ever occurred. So the idea is it involves where the fallen angels devise a plan to go back in time to stop it. So God has to pick someone to stop them. But there's a faith journey in the process. So um, the story has a religious theme. And that's, that's what led me to, to, to tell Angelica, why don't we just do it ourselves? Because, you know, I've written it in a way where there is a faith journey. You know, a person goes through a struggle and they and they find their faith in God. And, of course, it you know, I, I ended up writing a sequel. And, and, and that's the second book is more of, well, Lucifer's not very happy about it because, uh, OK, if you lose to God, that, oh, OK, that mm-hmm. makes sense. It's mm-hmm. God. But I have a hard time admitting that my perfect plan was um, messed up by a person by a human being I don't like them very much so that's the that's the uh, that's the second story pitch but the third one um, actually what I'm excited about is a two part to this is um, Angelica and I are very similar in a lot of ways like this way we see things like we both we talk to each other about our childhoods we used to get in a lot of trouble because we always asked why and it was like you know what you know what is the point of this? You know, why, I mean, I'm okay with doing this, but why, you know, what is the truth behind this? Don't just read me the laundry list. So um, when I have bounced ideas off of her, I end up getting like really excited. I get really inspired, but then lately she'll start throwing ideas back at me. And I had a very short outline for an idea of the third story. And then one day when I was talking to her, I go, okay, you know what? Just all of a sudden it just bursted out. And I said, you know what? You're going to help me write the third one so that's the plan and but the other thing was um I always admired these the philosophers who would write even if their philosophy was way out there that they would write their philosophy in a novel like they would in, in a fictitious story they would give you like what they believe or how they see the world their worldview whatever and so I had you know I'm always writing fiction stuff so I I had sort of a love story it was kind of like I wanted to challenge myself to do that And I could never finish it. I could never, Mm -hmm. and I maybe got sixty percent through. And and I realized because I was just writing the story to write the story, I wasn't giving it more substance. So I threw it at her and I said, "Well, why don't? What about if it was like like a love story, but a faith love story? Mm -hmm. You know, that involved the 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 walk together in faith." And before I knew it, she had all these great ideas. Okay, great. That you're helping me with this one too. So we kind of put together a production company. so like the side to HCD talks called sun mirror production. So like we've done that with, um, with these books of mine, she's also created some amazing, uh, religious items. Like her rosaries are beautiful. This was one she actually sent to me that, um, you know, it doesn't look very good on the screen, but, but uh, it's, it's beautiful. And then she has these first communion ones, these advent ones, and it's just amazing. So, we've been trying to put together our, our gifts, if you will. And, and we work together to get them out. Like I'm still doing music and I don't do it. I, I don't have the same goals I had when I was younger, but one of the things I did earlier this year, cause you know, we're sitting at home was I had all these exercises that I've been going through years of practicing and playing. So I put together a drumming book She designed the cover, and then our, we put it out together. So we've stayed busy. You know, sometimes it was just, getting our stuff out there, but then, you know, and that was kind of a way for us to get back on our feet when we were both really down and out. And then, and then, you know, I think sometimes we forget you have to grieve and sometimes you have to just kind of sit there and, and process. And, and if you got to cry your eyes out, you cry your eyes out, part of being human. And once we, we both felt the itch and we started talking about it, then I remember I would just call her, we'd go over stuff. Sometimes we would just stop and, and pray the rosary together over the phone. And then little by little, we, we started to see when it was time to get going again. And then as soon as that happened, the spirit started moving. And, you know, whether it was putting together a video, doing an interview with a podcast or, you know, uh, doing some presentations via Zoom, suddenly when, when God wanted us to get moving again, we were moving again.
1: Wow. It's it's kind of a happy ending, I think. And that story is not over by any means. I mean, it's it's continuing and continuing. <laughs> So I just want to congratulate you for doing truly amazing work. Thank you.
3: Yeah, it's great stuff, guys. Uh, and and I, you know, I I would love to uh, delve a little bit into uh, you know some of, especially some of the topics. I mean, I mean, you guys have amazing topics. I mean, just the topics that you guys cover. I mean, I mean Anne went through them, uh, and and it's so cool uh, that you are able to bring. Uh, both the you know the medical and also the theological together because oftentimes we don't necessarily see that so I would I would love if you guys would maybe just speak to some people out there uh, you know the Holy Spirit always has a fu- a funny way um, of making appointments with people uh, who, who are listening to this whether they're listening live or listening later uh, people stumble across stuff on the internet as you well know. Um, I would just love it if you talk to some of the people that you're, you know, that, that you're serving, um, and maybe, you know, uplift them. I mean, you know, we're, we're, we're in a time too where, uh, it's, it's just difficult, you know, and, and as we mentioned at the beginning of the podcast, each person has a dignity and a worth, um, it's built into your name. So I would just love it if maybe you talk to some of those people out there that may be struggling with body issues or, or, you know, the, you know, the well being. I know, uh, Angelica, you mentioned the, um, the emotional side of things too and i think that that's a that that's a really big issue right now uh going on in our in our society right like that's just a that's just a huge issue um with the emotional distress and things like that and you know okay papa papa antidepressant and we're <laughs> and move on uh, you know uh, so maybe just talk a little bit about you know some some of this stuff with you know some of the issues that we're dealing with during the pandemic with people that might be listening tonight
0: Well, definitely. um, With the pandemic, I mean, there are things that we would normally do that we can't do, right? There are some people that in order to kind of decompress, they go to a gym and work out for hours on end, or they would, you know, go out with their friends, go socializing, and we can't do that. Um, And so there are some people who are feeling cabin feverish and they're starting to. Um, I, there is a lot of increased anxiety, increased stress um, with being cooped up. Um, I know that there are people who you wouldn't normally hear complaining about losing sleep, literally saying they are now on sleeping pills because they cannot sleep. Um, one, because they don't have good coping mechanisms, and two, because um, you know, they're hearing all this news and it's so um, distressing for them that it causes even greater anxiety, especially those I think who have loved ones or friends who are close to the situation. Um, it's uh, even if you have a little scare, it, it'll, you know, I'm in the medical field. I, I had a few times where I was near somebody who, who had tested positive positive um and you know and i was with them for a while i mean i was i'm teaching nursing students in in a in a hospital i'm working in a clinic it's you know it's there it's um it's around me so um it i i think one of the biggest things is um first of all i mean it seems like such an obvious answer but to be honest we all need to especially now we have more time um definitely one of the biggest things is to sit down and pray and find your spirituality again. Um, you know, one of the things that I just kind of started doing out of random was instead of, you know, just reading the gospel of the day or something, I literally would grab my Bible and just open it to a random page. And somehow every single time I did that, whatever I needed to hear in that moment was written on the page. Um, you know, and sitting there, and uh, they they say that meditation and prayer actually stimulates not just um, the feel good portions of our brain and the pleasure portion, but it actually calms us down and relaxes us and centers us again, um, and decreases what what um, our what the, our stress response in our bodies. So I really think that definitely taking time to go back to prayer and meditation. Um, you know, and it's okay um, to feel angry. It's okay to be, feel frustrated, especially those of us who are going through hard times with this it's, Um, you know, some people are losing their jobs or they, they're getting furloughed. It's a very, um, you know, you don't know where your next meal is coming from. You don't know what tomorrow's gonna bring. Some of us did go back to work when, when they started opening things up again. And then the next day, here we go. They're closing things down. So we're all in a time of uncertainty, Um, but trying to find some ways to keep your faith, I think is definitely um, key at this moment. Um, If you're angry, you're angry. God knows why you're angry he knows what's in our hearts right and he knows he knows every single one of us he knows why you're angry he knows why you're lashing out, but we still need to make the effort to try to find healthy coping mechanisms in order to get through this, he gave us the tools to be able to get through this and to push through this. And so, you know, he gave us the technology to be able to interact, look at the four of us right now, all different states, (laughs) all across the country, all in different time zones, (laughs) and able to communicate, you know. And so, and the thing, and to be honest, I mean, even Carlos and I both taught this semester via Zoom, it was not an easy thing because you could not tell. I taught both nursing students and catechism students via Zoom. It was not easy to know if you were connecting with people. But then you hear later on how much you did affect their lives. So we still have the means to do so, just not maybe in the capacity we would like.
3: Yeah, awesome stuff. Thank you so much. I, you know, you just packed in so much uh, for, for people. So thank you so much for just speaking to the heart, too. I mean, you know, we we have to uh, as as Catholics. You know, I I our our ministry here, Patchwork Heart Ministry, is all about the heart. So um, I I always I always say, you know, God uses the word heart over six hundred times in the Bible. So therefore, it's got to be an integral part of the body and an integral part of our spirituality. Um, and, and with that being said, I think, you know, w- when you speak like you just did to the heart to help uh, people understand, you know, just the, just the core of how important that they are, but also how important some of the actions that they need to take, um, I- you know, in their lives to develop the prayer, to develop the, um, you know, the, the, those actions so that they can take on um, the the difficulties with a spirituality and, and also with some practicality uh, going through the days. So, so thank you so much for, for, for sharing.
1: Yeah, I agree. I agree. And also what comes to mind, uh, as we're headed a little bit toward the end of the podcast, uh, I know that there's some people who are listening that are fascinated by the theology of the body. It is a very big topic. And many pastors and people in, within church leaders know that uh, for young people, especially to be educated on what it means there's still a lot of people who don't really know what it what it is um so i i would love it if you could talk a little bit about that and for those people who are listening that are maybe thinking hmm i'd love them to talk to our young people at our our parish so tell us with the theology of the body how would that go you're talking to a group of high school kids or young people uh what will your talk start with? What will they focus on as you're communicating with youth and young adults?
2: It really comes down to um, introducing people to God's vision of humanity. And um, what's actually amazing is a lot of people, you know, I've I've, I've talked to people in my own diocese who are in in religious education and and they'll look at me and say, "Um, is that the sex ed piece? I'm like, well, that's part of it. I'm like, it's about, being human. It, it's about looking at who you are, how God intended you to, to be seen. And um, while it's nice to, to talk and target young people, um, there's a lot that all of us as adults have not been taught. And a lot of it was just simply a matter of it just wasn't taught in school. It wasn't necessarily taught in, in our, our parishes. And I think a lot of it was just culturally speaking, people were afraid of it. You know, I had said earlier, you know, my, my intention was never to teach morality. And, uh, you know, I, I would be lying if I didn't say that there are certainly topics that I have to cover that I don't necessarily look forward to going to work that day. But the one thing that I've learned is that all of the disciplines go together. And, and John Paul II's uh, reflections on the human person, you know, it draws from all those disciplines. So, like, for example, I can have this really politically conscious student. And, and this is where me bringing in the, the medical and the science comes in handy is um, they, you know, because they want things to be defined as the culture says, I'm like, that's fine. I, I know where you're coming from, but this is how the human body works and whether we like it or not, this is how the human body works. It's almost like, like at one point when Christopher West said, you know, why is it that when a woman pregnant, You know, right away, everyone's freaking out. He's like, wait, your body did something right. See, the problem is our thinking is off. Like, I'll never forget years ago, I think it was Hallmark. They did a a Father's Day commercial. And what they did was a bunch of women, I guess, that either had just gotten pregnant or were planning to get pregnant. They were part of this, quote unquote, conspiracy. And I say that, you know, with a smile on my face, where they were going to record telling their husbands they were pregnant. Now, let's think real quick. Wives, husbands, they got married. They want to have a family. She's going to tell him she's pregnant. He's going to be very happy about it. So you see these guys, like, they would give him a little gift and a little note in there. And the guys are, they're smiling. They're jumping up and down. They're jumping for joy. Three or four of the fathers started crying, tears of joy. And I'm thinking, that's what a woman dreams of. That's what she wants to experience when she tells her husband, I'm pregnant, not is it mine? You know, that's (laughs) completely, oh, that would be crushing. But for them to see how did God intend for you to live and how will your life be if you follow that? And, you know, sometimes it's it's interesting because I always tell my students, I'm just sharing with you what I was taught. This was life affirming for me. And what I would rather share with your listeners is really feedback I've received. And again, I want to make it very clear. I'm only sharing what I've been taught. I am not the, I didn't develop this theology. I mean, I'm I'm no genius here. I've had, of course, young boys won't do this in front of their friends, but I've had young boys say, this was very affirming to me because I've always felt I was not what I'm expected to be, especially when it came to how they're expected to treat women. And on top of that, To be honest, one of the reasons why my former colleague wanted me to get into the theology of the body was my school at the time already had two teachers who were teaching it, but they were women. And she said, I really think there are some things that the girls need to hear from a man. So when I teach on Ephesians 5.25 about a husband should be willing to lay his life down for his wife. And when I tell the girls, this is because you're a woman, not because of anything you would do for him. The moment your gender was determined in the womb, you were worth this. You have no reason to expect less from that. Literally having girls cry and many of them saying, deep down, I always knew that, but all the stuff I hear around me leads me to think otherwise. And this is the same for adult women, too, because they've also been bombarded with this culture like you have there is nothing you have to do to earn that kind of love from a man. And to be honest, the best compliment I recall receiving from uh, was from a girl who told me one day at school, a lot of the boys are mad at you right now. I go, what did I do? She goes, no, they're mad at you because of what the girls are learning in class. Now they won't settle. They want a boyfriend who's going to treat them like a queen. <laughs> and I say, well, you need to thank the Holy Father for that because he's the one that brought this teaching to light.
3: Yeah.
1: Oh, that's incredible. I love that. And that's good news for people who are listening to hear. I want to encourage them to reach out to you at hcdtalks.com and connect. And for whatever capacity you can help them, whether it's at their church, their school, their organization, or even just personally, right? I mean, there might Absolutely. be someone who just personally has some questions or whatever. Um so would you have any anything that you'd like to say to married couples about the theology of the body? Because that's also an area that people need to be educated. Uh, people who didn't learn it when they were younger. So what can they learn about it now? They're, they're married, maybe they have some kids.
0: Uh, what can they learn about it? Something that was really interesting was I actually um, had to do the theology of the body intro to the middle school parents at my son's school. Um, That was a bit nerve wracking because I didn't have Carlos with his extensive certification knowledge with me. Um, But, you know, I I've studied what I what I've done, too. And it was really interesting because when you talk to them about the relationship that should be and not the relationship we currently have quite a few of them were shaking their like I saw wives like shaking their heads agreeing um and the and the men just actually like really staring at me because and and really intent on what I was saying because a lot of it is really about how we treat one another and how um how we should be treating one another and one thing that i emphasized with them is how are we going to teach this to your kids and you're modeling something else at home so it was um that was one of the so yeah married couples actually i mean even if you get just the basic theology of the body book that carlos had and i actually got one too um you know it it's really, it shows you where we are lacking um, based on our own life experiences, what we've seen, what we've been inundated with um, just society, in society versus how we really should be thinking and feeling about one another and treating one another.
2: When I, my first course, I was, The first time I went was in March of 2010, and oh, Philadelphia when it's snowing when you're from Arizona. Oh. Uh,
1: I hear you definitely. Even on oh evening. man, now that was actually
2: the first time I saw real snow, not like like a little patch of ice on the ground. My roommate was laughing at me because he was from Toronto, and I'm like, so my foot went in the ground. Is my sock supposed to be wet? It was really funny, but um, I was married at the time for 12 and a half years. And I remember the first full day, because you know, because like, it's a, we were there for a week, and you know, we were up in the mountains, so I'm not going anywhere. So even when you're not in class, you're walking around and you're just decompressing. And I would go on these big highs, and I'd, I'd go to these lows. And and I remember um, calling home the first night, and I, I was just like, man, I'm, I'm an absolute horrible person. I'm a horrible husband. I'm a horrible father. And my wife's like to my surprise didn't say to me well you didn't have to go three thousand miles i could have told you that here you know but (laughs) but um she heard something in my voice and she's and and we just talked a little bit and i I, and she's like are you okay i mean should you have gone i said no i'm good i said retreats there's that dark day there's you know it's a roller coaster and the next day i was fine it was you know i just i had because it was more of me having to confront my trash my own you know baggage if you will and you know Dealing with it, processing with it, but then really understanding what it meant to say, Jesus sees you for who you really are. Like, we look at sin and we don't realize in most cases people sin to medicate pain. You know, we don't ask why they did it. Like, you know, one of the things, because I've worked with high school kids for so many years, I've been on discipline boards, and which is not the most fun you know, experience in the world, but you you know, you're sitting there and sometimes before a kid is asked to withdraw from the school, you know, you have to have a hearing with their parents. And there you have the deans reading what the kid did in front of the parents, so it's really awkward. And so we ask, you know, you talk to the, the kid. What why did you do this? And I tell you of all I have no idea how many of those boards I've been on. I only had one time where the kid had a different problem every single time, it's because they were trying to fit in. And they all said, I knew it was wrong. And it just breaks my heart because um, I have a friend I've known since I was in second grade. We've known each other forever. We could not be more different than two people can be. I I mean, my mother's asked me more than once, how are you guys friends? You know, when we get together, you know, because he's from California. So when I see him and maybe if I'm lucky, it's twice a year, we argue, you know, we just have different opinions and different worldviews but we respect each other, you know, like we've always, even when we were nine years old, we respected each other, like, hey, that's your thing, that's cool, but um, we, I guess, saw the value of, of the person, and it's interesting because a lot of times Christians will also want to ostracize certain people or avoid people, that's not what Christ did, Christ went to the sick, mm-hmm. and a lot of times by just sitting and listening to them, that that right there shows them that somebody cares, like I think of homeless people, like, you know, I, you know, sometimes, you know, if, like if you see someone walk by one and maybe they're that person that says, why don't you just get a job? You know, even though they're being cruel, which they shouldn't do, they're at least acknowledging their existence where some people just walk by like they're not even there. Yeah. You know, I, I've never been homeless, but I can't imagine which one feels
1: worse. Now you said that so well. Um in yeah. fact, uh, I think we have so much more to talk about because you guys have an amazing story, <laughs> yeah. not only with the nonprofit, but just personally. So please do come back again. I'm, I'm sorry to say that I think we're out of time almost <laughs> yeah. on Sewing Hope because it's uh, 7 Eastern. But yeah. um, thank you so much, both of you. Would you have any final words before we end? She's,
3: She's muted. muted. Oh, you all mute yourself there, Angelica
0: sorry um just one final word from me and i did share this bible quote with you but it's one of my favorites to share and it kind of shows you how the bible actually understands the human body more than we know and you know this is scripture that's written thousands of years a joyful heart is the health of the body but a depressed spirit dries up the bones proverbs chapter 17 verse 22. it is so true Um, and so it really goes to show how, how much, um, of our, of our spirituality and our emotionality is connected to our physicality. Um, and, and this is knowledge that's been known for a very, very long time. It's not brand new science, you know, the Bible, there's so much in the Bible that I'm reading it now. And I'm like, wow, this is really foreshadowing what is going on today. Um, and really relevant to what is today. So definitely, but I want to leave you with that. Um Beautiful. Beautiful. that's amazing. Thank you. Would you both come back
1: again? Of We'd course. love to. Thank
2: you. Yeah, very, absolutely. very yeah. good.
1: Very good. So uh again, I ask everyone to go to hcdtalks.com and learn about Carlos uh Solorzano and Angelica De La Lana. Thank you again for being a guest on Sewing Hope. And, well, and you you also for having us. Have a Merry Christmas. You You too.
3: too. Thank you. Well, folks, thank you so much for being uh, part of our podcast. As always, head over to our websites, patchworkheart.org and asanas.com to check out more information about us. And until next time, keep beating to your Catholic hearts and sowing hope into broken hearts. Thanks for listening to this episode of Sewing Hope on Patchwork Heart Radio. For more information about this podcast, and our ministries, visit our websites patchworkheart.org and andesantis.com. You can also follow and interact with us on Twitter at PWH Ministry or Andesantis2.
0: faith this Advent season? A Contemplative Las Posadas by Bill Snyder is an novena that offers reflections based on the traditional Mexican devotion that reenacts the journey of St. Joseph and the Blessed Virgin
2: Mary from Nazareth to Bethlehem. The ecclesiastically approved devotional is
0: available for purchase for only $4.99 on our website, patchworkheart.org, or emailing info at patchworkheart.org.